0: mm <laughs> This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to thank the fine folks at Raycon Earbuds, being one of the official sponsors of the State of the Saints podcast, a part of the P.S.K.N. Podcast Network. You know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. You know, a lot of the guys that, you know, follow the New Orleans Saints. And it's been really, really great. And one of the reasons why it's been great is because of my brand new Raycon earbuds. I mean, they definitely can do it. Raycon is an everyday earbud. It looks, feels, and sounds great with optimized gel tips and a perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life. That's incredible. Raycon are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of a premium audio brand. It's no wonder Raycon Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. All you have to do is go to Raycon.com. Today, use the promo code TPPN15. That's TPPN15. You'll get 15% off of your Raycon order. Once again, use the promo code tppn 15 And you will save fifteen percent on your Recon earbud purchase. Trust me, you'll thank me later. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, and I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. Really do appreciate your time. I appreciate you all following in here, you know, after uh, the Saints' second straight loss of the NFL season. You know, Who That Nation, uh, I'm pretty bummed out, you know, watching uh, this team play. Uh, especially when you have so so many and so much expectation uh, coming into the 2022 season, and for this to happen, it, you have to say that it, it's very discouraging. It's very discouraging to see a team that is just loaded with talent uh, just can't seem to get out of their own way. Uh, I think over the last couple of weeks, the Saints have played three division rivals and. Some people will say, "Well, you know, those guys know us. You know, they they know the Saints. They they, they play in the same division." But I, I don't go and and come away from any of those games just thinking that these teams are just leaps and bounds ahead of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this is a team that is still trying to figure itself out. This is a team that has way too much talent in order for us to be in this type of position. I'm still not going to panic because I've seen the New Orleans Saints. Uh, start the season off at one and two and still make the playoffs. But I just think that maybe a lot of people aren't looking uh, at those seasons in years past, because, you know, if you look at those seasons, you you know that there was still hope and you knew, no matter if the offense was sputtering, you know, you had uh, Drew Brees and you had Sean Payton uh, to be able to, you know, be able to help these guys bounce back uh, in a major way. But, we haven't seen that. We, we haven't seen that from the quarterbacks and the leadership uh, that we have on this team right now. And it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awful stuff to watch. You know, I actually went back and I, I took a look at the game because, you know, sometimes, like, we can be so emotional that we don't really pay attention and look at some of the things that were good, some of the things that, that you know, saying were not so good, and we, we find ourselves, you know, being in a position where we're just, you know, so angry that the team actually lost. So I actually went back and I took a look at the game, and um, and to be quite honest with you, you know, it, it was it was some pretty bad stuff, man. It was pretty bad stuff. Um, you know, this team just constantly gets in their own way with these penalties. Uh, th- those are mental errors. Uh, turning the ball over. I mean, fumbling all over the place. The snap, uh, between uh, Eric McCoy and and Jameis Winston wasn't on par. Uh. I mean, you've had Alvin Kamara fumble. I can't remember the last time i seen Alvin Kamara fumble a football. Man, somebody may be, be able to help me out with that, but I'm going to be real. I, I have not seen it, – it's been a hot minute since I've seen Alvin Kamara fumble a football. And these are the type of things that we're not used to seeing, especially if you've uh, been following the Saints more in the 2000s and the modern era. This isn't uh, you know familiar territory to some of you. Uh to me, after watching this game, I think it's pretty obvious. And I didn't feel this way yesterday because once again, um, I didn't want to be prisoner of moment. But after I just took a look at the game and and based on what I saw, uh the Saints gotta make a move at the quarterback position right now. I'm not saying that Jameis can't come back, you know, and and play. What I'm saying is they need to make a they need to make a decision at the quarterback position because right now right now, the way that Jameis Winston is playing a quarterback position with all these injuries is is hurting the team. It's hurting the team. And I know some people will say, oh, it's been like 300, you know what I'm saying? He threw for 350 yards, but man, that, that was some garbage stuff right there. That was garbage stuff. You're not going to win many games if you're scoring 40-some-odd points in the fourth quarter and 14 points all the other quarters. Like, come on, man. Like, we got to be real about this. Look, I, I like Jameis, and y'all know you know what I'm saying? I've been defending this dude for a minute. I'm not saying that he can't be a starting quarterback. What I'm saying is some of the things that I've seen based on going back, looking at that film, is pretty obvious. Um, and, and also not being able to understand and dissect, the, you know, where the blitz is coming from, having a guy just running free and not being able to, you know what I'm saying, call out your protections or maybe getting somebody to chip and slide, over a little bit in order for you to nudge that cornerback to get him, you know, say out of the line of fire, it's only a matter of time before he ends up like really seriously being injured because you're not going to have you're like you are not going to be able to take that type of punishment. It's, it's rough enough to take that type of punishment when you really don't have any type of injuries, but when you're dealing with a back injury, uh, and when you're dealing with an ankle injury, if the ankle injury, you can tell like on some of those plays, he wasn't able to plant. You know what I'm saying? And really just getting into his throws. I think he's really out there putting forward a, a warrior's effort, but that ain't what we need right now. That's not what the Saints need right now. What the Saints need is uh, somebody that's going to be able to facilitate and be able to get this team where it needs to be, where they can be there in the end. Cause if you're looking at the defensive side of the football, I know they missed that tackle on LaVisca Chanel. That was just a good play on his behalf, but that defense is playing about as lights out as you possibly can. And it's getting overshadowed by the ineptitude of the offense. Look, this isn't uh, you know, this isn't a conversation I, I want to have. This is a conversation I feel like that that's necessary. And I will say this, I'm pretty sure Dennis Allen, I mean, based on his personality, uh, based on the way that he approaches the press conferences and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure uh, who that nation, that Jameis Winston is gonna start in this game versus the Vikings. But I would be lying to you if I was to say if Jameis Winston don't win this game versus the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to bench him. I'm serious. Like, he doesn't have enough skins on the wall. He doesn't have enough cons- consistent play in order for him to be able to weather the storm. So I think that two things need to take place. Is rather, one, Jameis needs to have a, a good look in the mirror, watch that film, and and be like, man, you know, if I was healthy – maybe I could have made this better throw or, you know what I'm saying? If I had some time right here, I would have made this throw. But, you know, I I feel like you need to have this conversation and maybe sit yourself down because this isn't just hurting a team right now. This is actually hurting you regardless to if, you know, you get another chance with this team or not. It's hurting your chances of possibly playing in the future because nobody cares about you being hurt. Nobody cares about you being hurt. Nobody cares that you're dealing with back issues when you're out there, people are going to evaluate you based on your play. And you can go in there and say, well, you know, I would have made that play if my back wasn't hurting, or I would have made that play if my ankle wasn't hurting, but nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. What if you're out there and you're not playing uh, at at a high level, teams are going to tee off on you. They're going to continue to try to make sure that they make life hell for you. And you got to be able to be smart. And, um, Right now, this isn't this isn't the football that we uh, want the Saints to play. Uh, some people are blaming the coaches and all that kind of stuff. But, look, the coaches can't tell you to hold on to the football. The The coaches can't tell you, uh, you know what I'm saying, not to do a false start penalty. It's very undisciplined. And, and for those uh, people out there that's talking about the coaches, the coaches, the coaches, uh, let me uh, remind you of something. The New Orleans Saints have always been an undisciplined football team, even with Sean Payton. I I don't know, some of you are maybe prisoners of the moment and we go back and, well, we don't go back. We only live in the now. And we only focus on the positive things that happened when it came to Sean Payton and Drew Brees. But we don't focus on the negative things that happened. Because here's the reality. Uh, Before Chris Richard became a member of the secondary, uh, being a secondary coach, you had Aaron Glenn. And Aaron Glenn would constantly coach these guys and these guys would constantly get smoked. They never would turn their head around. If, your pa- if a pass was thrown deep down the field, most likely it would have been pass interference. There was a good little minute where the Saints, they had like more uh, yards uh, given up for penalties than any other team, right? And it was like leaps and bounds. I can remember like having an undisciplined football team. I've seen the false starts. I've seen the holding penalties. Come on, man, like, we, we are so quick to try to look at all the positive things that Sean Payton and Drew Brees brought to the forefront, and they did. But sometimes I just feel like as a, as a fan base, we we just look at this team and we try to find reasons to blame what's going on right now, and we think back then, oh, man, it was just so much better. Well, it wasn't. This team has always been undisciplined when it came to the holding, when it came to the passing interference uh, calls. They always been undisciplined. It's just the fact that we're in a position now where we don't know where the hope is going to come from. When we were losing and we would go one and two, we knew we had Drew, right? Drew going to be able to figure it out. You know, Sean going to be able to figure it out. But now it's like we're not sure about the quarterback position. We're not sure about the coaching position. We're not sure about where this team is as far as an identity as a whole. And all we know is this team has a pretty good defense, and that's about it. And Dennis Allen doesn't have enough skins on the wall when it comes to being a successful head coach uh, for us to really just lean on him and feel like he can be able to get us out of this situation. All I'm saying is Dennis Allen has to be very, very careful how he approaches this situation. Now, I can tell that he's a little bit different from Sean Payton. Uh, He's more of a player's coach more so than Sean Payton is even though you know, you'll know you see Sean Payton doing a gritty or doing a Sean Payton dance in the locker room doing wins, but for the most part, he was a disciplinarian and he was a no-nonsense type guy. And I just think that Dennis Allen has got to be careful at what, how he's approaching these type of situations. Now, I know in press conferences, you don't want to throw guys under the bus. You don't want to say, oh man, this guy didn't do what he was supposed to do. I get all that, but the reality is you got to light a fire under these guys. And if you don't, then you can find yourself being on the outside looking in. Doesn't matter how much talent you got. Doesn't matter how much ability you got as a coach. Nobody will care. Like, if you can't get these guys to buy in, then I don't know what to tell you. You're not going to have success, and it's not going to be where you want this team to be when it all is said and done. But this is going to into, like, the fourth game of the season. Uh, the season is still young. To a point where I feel like they can actually turn some things around, but if they're going to turn things around, they cannot do it in in the position where they are right now. It, it just they they have to do uh, they have to change some things around. To be quite honest with you, uh, T. Smitty, thank you very much for the five dollars. Said Jamison should sit and think about his future. The media has not once mentioned his injuries. Look at what happened to Baker when he played hurt in twenty twenty one. Exactly, T. Smitty, that's that's what I've been saying. Like you're you're not helping the cause, right? This, this isn't one like a, a rookie coming in that's unproven, right? If he if he has some some struggles, then people will be like, Well, he's a rookie, he's young, he's gonna figure it out. But Jameis doesn't have that luxury because once again, Jameis Winston is the poster boy for bad quarterback play. Rather it's fair or not, he is the poster boy for that. So when he's throwing interceptions, when he's turning the ball over, when he's making mistakes. They are going to pinpoint that and they do not care because they got a narrative that they got to uphold. So they're not going to give Jameis the benefit of the doubt. The biggest thing that mainstream media wants to be is right. Their credibility is everything. They don't care how they get it. They don't care if a person is hurt. They don't care if a person slipped on a banana peel before the game and, you know what I'm saying, messed up their tailbone or something like that. They don't care about that. What they care about is the narrative that they're trying to push forward. And how that narrative is going to make them look in the eyes of the mainstream public, period. So if you're looking for, oh, well, he's not playing because of this. He's not playing because of that. Nobody wants to hear that when I got this agenda that I need to uh, put out there about Jameis Winston as a quarterback. So Jameis Winston has to really he has to look at this thing as this is possibly your last chance because nobody is going to give you an opportunity. Like the way that you're playing right now, there's no way in hell. I don't care if if a team like, okay, we got a young quarterback and we're going to have Jameis in here as a bridge. They don't even want to use you as a bridge because the way that you're playing, they feel like they're going to be playing behind the eight ball the entire time. So they're going to have to be playing catch-up because of the mistakes, because of the ineptitude of their offense being led by you. That is what teams are going to say. And rather it's fair or not, this, this is the NFL. This is a results business. And regardless if we want to talk about Baker Mayfield and what he didn't do, which he didn't do much, but the fact of the matter is he won, and Jameis Winston did not. In this game right here, they're going to continue to try to use these type of games as leverage to talk about why Jameis Winston is not a starting quarterback. And also you have to look at it this way also. If the Saints went out here and they got everything they possibly can on the offensive side of the football to make things easier for you, and you're still not generating results, then teams are going to be like, well, you had the 2019 Offensive Player of the Year on your team. Uh, you had one of the guys that was, had more receptions in the first three seasons than any other uh, wide receiver in NFL history before Michael Thomas broke that in Jarvis Landry. And you have a, 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 wide, a wide receiver, a rookie, that was capable of putting up 147 yards in a game when the other two starting wide receivers went out. So if you can't get this right and you got Alvin Kamara and all these other guys, then what makes you think that if we are stuck struggling franchise and we get ourselves a top tier quarterback, uh, you know, until he's ready, what makes us think that you are going to come in and give us some level of hope and a couple wins until this guy figures it out. So right now, James Winston has to think about his future because for every game like this, where you basically just kind of throwing the ball up and basically playing park ball. Like, that was park ball. Like, anybody know that, right? You're playing with your friends and y'all in the park, everybody running them street routes, everybody throwing downfield, going downfield. The quarterback just sling that thing out there and we just try to make a play. That's what these boys are doing right now. And you are not making a postseason playing park ball. You are not going to beat some of the best teams in the NFC and be there in the end playing park ball. So he has to really think about what he is actually doing right now, because what he is doing right now is completely furthering himself from from being, you know, saying being a quarterback in the future. And if your injuries are bothering you, or you're in plague with injuries. Then you know, I think you need to sit it down because when when you got injured last year, here's the reality: you had 14 touchdowns, three interceptions before you end up getting injured. So by being injured, people were still giving you the benefit of the doubt. They were like, man, you turn in a corner. He's doing some really good things. Look at the narrative. You had people, like, really defending this dude, you know what I'm saying, when, when it came to the 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. I was one of them. So by you going out there, you're basically just poo-pooing and, and just completely just erasing all of the, of the good that you actually had bottled up there. And sometimes, like, you got to be able to get out of your own way. If you don't, then you're going to end up, you know, not even being a bridge. You might end up being in the league for a while, you know. People might still, you know, give you an opportunity, but you'll never be a starting quarterback again. Like, Jameis Winston is on the brink of not being a starting quarterback ever again in the National Football League. So I think the next couple of weeks, you got to be very, very careful about how you approach playing a quarterback position because – You could be really causing yourself some hardship down the line. Alfred, thank you very much for 499. Says, I think if Jameis have a bad half against the Vikings, I think he doesn't start the second half. Yeah, I think that, you know, we got to be honest about this. You know, this is a results business. You know, I want to see this guy succeed. I I really do. I want to see him succeed. I want to see him win. I want to see him, like, change all the narratives about, Uh, how people see him, but as of right now, like that ain't it. You ain't winning nothing with that. Like you, you ain't you ain't winning nothing with that. Not not the way that you're playing. Like all these late game heroics and stuff like that. I'm not impressed by that. Like I was happy when it happened when I went to Atlanta, you know, because they beat Atlanta when they came back, but you're not gonna win no games like this. You're not. You're not gonna win games like this. You're not gonna continue to have success if you continuously as an offense not be able to put points on the board and you just squander opportunities with penalties and you know what i'm saying and, and bad ball security and all these other things that's adding on to it this team has been beating themselves for the last three weeks well, well i'll say two weeks because you know they they had no business winning that game versus atlanta uh showing didn't uh fully trust James allen uh wanted Watson but settled for Jameis and is given him every opportunity to succeed by making uh, Hill a tight end and getting him weapons, he's not cutting it. As of right now, like I said, that's going to be the narrative, right? What, what can you possibly say? Seriously, what can you possibly say if the season is over, the Saints don't sign you back, and you're looking for another job if you're Jameis Winston? If a team brings you up in there, it, it's well within their rights, right or wrong. You had Chris Olave, you had Michael Thomas, you had Jarvis Landry, like you had Jawan Johnson who was pretty good, Adam Troutman who was pretty good, you know what I'm saying, some decent offensive linemen and one of the best running backs in all of football, and you still couldn't get it done. I'm not, I'm not saying this from my perspective. I'm just, I'm, just being, I'm just being real. Like people do not care about these injuries. They don't. They don't care about how injured he is. They don't care about, you know what I'm saying, the things that he's actually going through what they're going to see is some of these turnovers, you know what I'm saying, and some of these late game desperation throws, you know that they, they have no business of getting caught. It's just better plays by the wide receiver than it is, you know, when it comes to the throws. Like nobody nobody wants that. Like no like it is exciting to watch. Like don't get me wrong, like if you're if you're a if you're just a casual NFL fan, right? Okay, I'm I'm going to give y'all a prime example. Y'all y'all know Y'all know I'm a big boxing fan. Okay. So there was this boxer. His name was Ruslan Lovognikov. You know what I'm saying? Like Ruslan was like a really, you know what I'm saying, physical boxer. Big, big physical boxer. Like, take a lot of punishment, but he was in there, you know what I'm saying, like going at it with the best of them, right? Hitting them all in the face. They hitting him in the face they fighting to the basically to the death out there. Like basically this dude almost had like a mind frame. Like you got to kill me in this ring, you know? And it was fun to watch, but at the same time, this man was taking some extreme punishment. But at the same time, like people were like, man, I enjoy watching this guy fight. And he was like a guy that was fighting on boxing after dark. And then all of a sudden, like he started getting pay-per-views because of how much punishment he can take and how much he can dish out. It's exciting football. If you're a casual fan, and it's at the end you know, of the game and teams are trying to fight back and you're trying to throw, like, bro, that's that's not going to equate to wins. Like, Jameis Winston, to me, is looking like – he's looking like Dak Prescott out there. That, I mean, that's a perfect example if I can think of one. It's like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott played, like, trash for, like, three quarters, and then all of a sudden he come with 200 yards – of heroic play when the defense started to get softer than the baby's bottom. Like, you ain't winning nothing with that. You know, so I just feel like based on what I saw, you know, when I'm talking about uh, throwing the football, being able to plant his feet, and then also not being able to, like, see that blitz coming, you just honestly just taking more and more punishment. And it's only a matter of time. It's rather you're going to be out for a couple weeks or you're going to be out for the season. One or the other, because you're not gonna be able to stand up and and be able to withstand that type of onslaught week after week. Because guess what? Minnesota Vikings got that film, and right now the defensive coordinator of the Vikings is trying to duplicate what they seen the Carolina Panthers do. And Minnesota is a better team, much better team than the Carolina Panthers are. So if you was out there, you know, getting you know knocked around ten times. You know, you got knocked down like 10 times. Trust and believe the Minnesota Vikings, who are a better football team, you know, I mean, was Darius Smith going to be licking his chops around this time? So you, you got to be real, real careful. You got to be real, real careful about how you approach these uh, games the next couple of weeks, and also with Dennis Allen, because right now you're setting a standard of what New Orleans Saints football is supposed to look like under you. And if you're a little bit too lenient and too, too fan-friendly, uh, player friendly i should say you're gonna find yourself you're gonna find yourself on the outside looking in stop bashing james winston because he had bad games everyone does y'all don't like him bandwagon it, it has nothing to do with well not for not for me because i don't feel like i'm bashing him you know i want him to succeed some people like they, they have been bashing him because they feel like he's not the answer I'm not even saying that he's not the answer. I'm just saying based on like how he looks right now, based on how he looks, based on like some of the things that he, he did out there. I mean, it, it ain't, it ain't it. It ain't it. Uh, Lattimore is a bum. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Lattimore didn't even get mentioned yesterday at all. Okay. This man didn't even record on the, on the stat sheet at all. So, I mean, man, I, I forgot he even played. So that goes to show you what type of game he had. Dude a beast out there. He a beast. Dude ain't even, ain't even he ain't even registered on the stat sheet because he, he neutralized half of the field, that field. That, he neutralized the part of the field he was on. Tyrell says, yesterday game was hard to watch, but I stuck around till the end and still boldly went out wearing my Saints colors. Well, look, I, I don't care. You know, I'm still going to rep the New Orleans Saints. I'm still going to support the team. I'm still going to love this team regardless. I don't care what the record is. My my love for the New Orleans Saints is not conditional. Some of you are, you know, like some of you are in uncharted waters. Some of you are in situations that you probably never really been in. And I know some people are like, man, well, we ain't trying to go back. We ain't trying to go back. Well, some of y'all don't even know. Some of y'all don't even know what the hell going back is about. Like, some of y'all just hear about these stories. Y'all probably was too young. or probably wasn't even born during that time, you know, when the Saints were, you know, inept. And that's that's the thing. And I'm I'm not saying that because I feel like we're going back to that spot. I'm just saying if you looked at that team and how trash they were back in the 90s and how, you know what I'm saying, like formidable they are right now, like it just goes to show you like how how spoiled Saints fans are like you want to see this. Is, like we, we talk about bad football. This is bad football from modern day Saints standards. This isn't bad football from Saint or uh, Saint standard. It is it, modern Saint standards. So some of y'all not used to like seeing some of these things transpire, but this is like y'all whining and complaining about this. Well, I can tell you, I keep on telling y'all. I remember when, when it came to Saints football, I remember when hope and faith were two of the chicks that you knew down the street. I'm telling you, it is not as bad as you, you all think. It's as bad as you probably have witnessed throughout the time that you were actually a Saints fan. But I pff, I can tell I can man, I can I can show you some footage of, of something, you know what I'm saying? you would be like, man, well, I think we we'll be all right. TJ, yesterday I said everything you're saying today and got shot fired at me, even by you. Well. That's not what you were saying. What you were saying was he needs to get benched, period. You didn't you didn't put it into context about him being injured or anything like that. What you're saying is he just hopeless, period. Like, and there's like no no way to salvage that. That's the way that you put it in as far as context. I mean, you didn't put it in the context like, oh, I think he's hurt. I think you need to sit him down. You put it in the context as if the dude is just trash and it is what it is. And we need to just get away from him, point blank, period. That that was your stance. So, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, and I appreciate the $5, but if you want to, you know, beat on your chest and say, oh, I was saying that the whole time, that is not in the context that you were saying it. So, I mean, if you want to take credit for that, fine, but that was not the context that you put that in, my friend. Uh, what's happening, TJ? Uh, we are not uh, the only... Uh, say this after we lost it was so many shows that popped on my youtube saying that the saints uh, got some questions to ask yeah pretty much you know they gotta ask ask those questions and they gotta answer them pretty soon or it might end up it, it might end up being pretty bad Dennis Allen needs to start throwing some chairs in the locker room something they need to wake up well I don't think that's gonna solve anything and Roger thank you very much for the $20 that's not gonna solve anything like throwing chairs around Like, these are grown men we're talking about. Uh, I heard Keyshawn Johnson uh, say this before. He said, man, you can't be approaching grown men who got car seats in the back of their cars and talking to them like they're in college. Like, these are professionals. Like, these guys are grown men. Like, you know what the assignment is. And it's up to you to be able to go out there and execute. And I can understand, you know, some of the things that Dennis Allen is saying, you know, about – it's hard for him to try to, you know, uh, you know, depict or, you know what I'm saying, like evaluate what Jameis Winston is doing, especially like when you're having all these mistakes on offense, guys fumbling a football. Like it's hard for you to like kind of like dissect it like and be, okay, this guy clearly isn't the answer. But I'm just saying, like I just think that he being, being nice in, in, a, in, a, in a way. Right, I, I I do believe that it's hard for you to just blame, you know, one particular person after the mistakes that were made that transpired. I can get you, I understand that, but um, you know, you also got to be looking at are you asking a guy to do some things that he's not capable of doing at this particular time due to having an injury. Uh, looking at one positive, feel like P Warner is. This defense right now, every tackle past the line, he always seems to be the first there. Highly impressed. Yeah, P. Warner is playing very well, and uh, I, you know, I ain't hear nothing about Quan Alexander lately. Have you? Everybody was talking about man, we need Quan, we need Quan, hit the Quan this, that, and the third. Uh, but I ain't hear nobody saying nothing about Quan Alexander now. And I know there's a lot of people that watch this show was talking about Quan Alexander and P. Warner, so. I haven't heard I apologize or my bad from nobody. So a lot of grandstanders in here, you know, they'll tell you, they'll tell you what they got right in a minute, but they won't tell you what they got wrong. They just hope that we don't go back to the show and and pinpoint what they said. But a lot of you, a lot of you that I'm seeing, the names that's coming across the screen right now, a lot of you said some things and you know it, you know it, you know it as well as I do. I'm not I'm not gonna point you out, even though I could and I'm looking at a few, but I won't. Um but yeah, that that's that's the way I feel about it. Let me go ahead and read Smallville. Smallville says, TJ, I hear you, but the O-line sucks, and the running backs are getting hit behind the line of scrimmage too often, and Jameis Winston is literally getting two seconds to throw the ball. Smallville, uh yeah, but that that's the thing. That's why I said, you know, if if the offensive line man i I, I kind of disagree on some of that I'm gonna be real um is the offensive line like one of the best i've ever seen no but are they giving this dude time to throw the football uh yes all right but it, it's not as bad you know what i'm saying as people making it out to be and honestly if if the offensive line is bad that's when you gotta be able to make those adjustments because if I can use uh, Tom Brady, for example, like you have all those backups on the offensive line, right? So that means that you got to get that ball out your hand pretty quick. You know, Like you, you got to get it out your hand. That way, you know, you won't be able you won't have to take so much punishment. You know, I, that's that's the way that I feel about it. But if you just constantly like just sitting up here and just letting the offensive line just tee off on you, left and right, like my goodness, you know, it's gonna, it's going to be a problem. Uh, we got 394 people watching this right now. I ask that you hit the the like button if you enjoy the show. Uh, TJ, I said last week that Jameis injured and needs to rest his injuries. Yeah, I mean, all, all I'm saying is I don't under I don't understand. Um, I don't understand like it, why you're doing all these things. I don't understand why you're doing all these things in order to get Jameis Winston prepared for a game when you have. A able-bodied guy on a bench. Like, I I don't get it. I mean, I get it in a way, right? You want to be able to see what you have in Jameis Winston, but it's only making the stock on Jameis Winston go down, and it's only allowing your team to, like, not be there in the end. You know, like I said, late-game heroics is is not going to win you a bunch of games. Like, you're going to end up finding yourself, you know, below 500. As a ball club at the end of the season, playing the way that you are right now. Honey Badger looked like he finished. Uh, what do you think, TJ? Uh, I think that this is uh something that we've well, I won't say we've, but this is something that I pretty much thought would be a possibility. See, the thing about it is we talking about lights out, uh safety play and all that kind of stuff, but we're not looking at the fact that these guys have not had time on task together a lot. They have not. They have not had a b- bunch of time on task, and these guys are just trying to figure it out at the safety position. I, I said it on, maybe on, a, on the show a while back. I said if the secondary and the safeties, they come out and they're not playing up to snuff the early in the season, that's, that won't bother me. That That's not a problem because it takes time for those guys to kind of develop the same day with uh, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, when he first got back to the Saints. We know he was getting steamrolled over there. I mean, Darren Waller was working that boy, and, you know what I'm saying, and so many other receivers was out there working them as well. I mean, Gronk was working him in that first game. You know what I'm saying? so there are times where it's going to take guys to be able to, you know, figure it out. It's going to take a couple of weeks, and it's going to take a couple of weeks for those guys to be on the same page. So it's not like these guys are going to roll out of the bed and, and just be able to have – the same level of chemistry, it takes time. It takes time to do that, and um, that, that's not a surprise to me at all. Eagles are so happy uh, they fleeced us with C.J. Garner Johnson and looking at a top 10 pick for us next draft. Well, I don't think they're going to be picking in the top 10. I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Probably, you know, the way they're playing right now, probably, you know, top 12, top 15 or something. I, don't, I can't see this team, like, just – being a top five pick team like uh, it ain't it ain't top five pick bad like the best thing about all this the best thing about all this as a as a as a Saints fan is all of the problems that, that plagued this team and, and caused them to lose are fixable right like you you don't jump offsides you end up sustaining drives you know you're making big gains right so if you're not jumping offsides if you're not fumbling a football every single week left and right. Right. And if you just can, you know, control the time possession and you just play uh, football, you know, to a point where you're not making so many mistakes, you can be there in the end. That's why I'm saying, like, when people are like, man, we doing, we suck this, that, and the third, I'm like, all these problems with this team can be fixed. That's why I can get behind this mic and say, man, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. They got the talent to be able to to weather through what they're what they're going through the thing about it is like this team has been shooting themselves in the foot for weeks for weeks so it's not like well you you just go out there like it'll be one thing let's just say for you know the jets like jets fans know when the jets go out there more than likely they probably gonna get steamrolled they won't say it they probably have confidence in their team but more times than not they looking to get steamrolled with this team. I don't look at the New Orleans Saints coming to, you know, to any stadium or in the supernome. And I'm just looking like, man, they about to get steamrolled today. I, I, I don't see that. I have not seen it. And they play like, you know what I'm saying? some. They play an elite defense, an elite team in, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which in my opinion, if we want to be honest, this goes to show you the difference. Somebody tell me the woes that are going on in Tampa versus the woes that are going on in the Orleans. what's the difference? Like they're not putting up points either. You know what I'm saying? Tom Brady not getting the ball into the end zone either. All right. So what's the difference? Some people would say, well, you know, they wide receivers aren't there, but when they wide receivers were there, when they had Julio, when they had Mike Evans, they still weren't getting into the end zone. Nobody's paying attention to that though. Nobody's saying anything about that. If, if you look at, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like, issues, and look at the New Orleans Saints issues. Somebody tell me what's the difference. Uh, Tampa looks more aggressive. In what way? Offensively, they do not. Defensively, you basically neck and neck. It's virtually the same. Are are you going to say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, you know, like, are you saying that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense are just that much better than the Saints defense? I can't say that. I, I look at them both the same. You know what I'm saying? I think that they both have playmakers. I think they all can kind of just neutralize and shut down the field because the defense of the New Orleans Saints only are responsible for, what, 15 points? So nobody's talking about that, though, right? They still have offensive issues. You know, they're they not getting into the end zone. They're putting up most of their points in the fourth quarter as well. But nobody's saying anything about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. But, hey, what do I know? <laughs> uh, 10-2 to 12-5 will tell the tale on the 2022 Saints. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure this thing out. It's just little issues. One of the biggest is D-line. Uh, they set the tone for the previous years. And next is discipline. Yeah. I mean, but the defensive line, I mean, it got home yesterday. I mean, what they had like three sacks in a game? So, I mean, Demario Davis had one, Cam Jordan had one, uh, JT Gray and Carl Granderson shared one. I don't know, TJ, man. DA looks over his head. He may be. He may be. You know, every every coach, you know, that's 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 good at a certain position don't mean he's gonna be a good head coach. So, I mean, the jury is still out with, with him as a Saints coach. But I will say this. Um, he he basically calls the plays defensively. And uh, he, he, his defense is definitely not the problem. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know what you need to do. I don't know if you need to maybe call in a consultant or something like that, maybe help, uh, you know, Pete Carmichael see the game a little bit different, maybe have some more eyes on it or something, you know, I mean, Bill Belichick has done it, right? I mean, I remember that year when Josh McDaniel got fired in Denver and then he came back to the New England Patriots during the postseason, right, just hiring him right in the middle of the season to be a consultant, all right? So if the Saints can actually hire somebody, maybe, you know, see things a little bit differently than Pete Carmichael, they can have maybe a powwow or something like that. I I don't know. But what they're doing right now is not working. I mean, it's about as – it's about as vanilla as ice cream at Baskin Robbins. I mean, you basically know what they're going to do every single play on every on every down. Uh, you know they're about to run the football on on a certain down. You know where they're going to throw the ball on a certain down. Like where are the where are the check downs, like where are the screen play uh, plays. Where are those where you putting the ball into the hands of Alvin Kamara and allowing him to do his thing and what he has grown accustomed of doing, and that's you know turning nothing into something. So. You you gotta be able to put the ball in the hands of your playmakers. TJ, did you see how uh tick Cam Jordan was at the press conference? Oh, yeah, he was mad. He definitely was mad. And I, I don't blame him. I mean, he's not gonna I know some people wanted him to throw, you know, the offense under the bus, but that's not who he is. But I'm a, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you. This is like the the biggest like biggest dose of karma I ever seen in my entire life. Like as a Saints fan, how many years have we seen this offense carry this team? Like when we knew for a fact, like the defense wasn't going to stop nobody. They weren't going to make no stops. They weren't going to do nothing at all. And the offense had to go out there and basically had to put up 40 points in order for them to even be there in the very end, because the defense couldn't stop nobody. How many times have we saw this? And now you look at this offense, they're about as stagnant, And all of us are like, man, what's going on here? But it's like the roles have been reversed, right? We got a good lights-out defense, but we don't have an offense. (laughs) And the thing about it is, imagine if the Saints could, like, do something offensively. Like, imagine what this team would actually be. Like, to me, if this offense can generate some points, to me, I just feel like the Saints can go from one of the worst – outings when it comes to looks of teams to the best of teams like it is i'm telling you it may not look like this right now but i'm telling you like it it is not that big of a difference and it's not a big of a separation from this team being actually a good football team because they got the defense they got the defense that can make plays and, and, and all that kind of stuff they just need this offense to get on board and they got the players on offense, so you got to figure it out. Uh, Smallville, thank you very much for $5. Says, TJ, let's not forget he uh, missed uh, kicks three this season. A missed kick changed the situation in the game. It takes points off, off the board, uh, and it's a turnover. I will say this. Yeah, Will Lutz has not looked like himself, and the difference between Sean Payton <laughs> and Dennis Allen, Sean Payton would have had a kicker in practice. he head over there to London right now as we speak. He'll, he'll bring somebody in. He'll bring another kick in just to kind of get it, put put that in the back of Will Lutz's mind. Like, oh, hey, man, you know, hey, you know, check it out. Now, the only kick I ever seen him, like, really just have, like, this patience for, you know, was Garrett Hartley. Like, when Garrett Hartley would get, like, a case of the yips, you know, he'll bring in John Carney or something like that for a kicking consultant because I, I feel like he felt like he owed uh, Garrett Hartley a little bit, especially, like, Kicking the Saints into the field, uh, the Super Bowl, and keeping the Saints in the Super Bowl with those forty-yard kicks. So I just think that he felt like he was indebted to him. So he tried to do all these things to try to make Garrett Hartley work, then end up hurting. But I think you know, I don't think you want to lose Will Lutz, but you might want to bring somebody in. Uh, you know, bring somebody in that can compete with him. This is kind of get a little, you know, get getting them back in his mind. Like man, you know, I can lose this job. You know, I mean, every kicker, you know, every, from time to time, unless your name is Justin Tucker, goes through the yips. But as of right now, you know, it looked like Will Will Lutz is going through it as well, because we need to we, we rely on him to make some plays. Uh, pause up, keep pounding. Uh, right, Barbara. The only uh, difference was in two thousand nine, Saints were talking uh, taking a ball away and a lot on defense. Yeah, they had a lot. I think they led the league in turnovers that year. Uh, y'all know what's going on here. Simple mathematics: uh, we teams track and offense gets better. I mean, got better. Uh, one team add, and offense got worse. <laughs> I just wanted them to hire Doug Peterson so bad. I knew once Jacksonville got him, they were going to be good. And I, I mentioned Doug Peterson. You know, I, I mean, I've called shows, and once again, uh, when I had, I even had a show talking about Doug Peterson. As as a head coach, I said I, I would. I said if they didn't hire Dennis Allen, I said Doug Peterson probably would be the best choice. And people are like, man, he sucked. Look what he did in Philly. Look how it would happen. I'm like, this dude is a really good coach. But you nobody was trying to hear that. Nobody was trying to hear that either. But, you know, please explain to me why P.J. Williams keep making the team. He seems to always give up the big play that hurts us on defense. Man, thank you for the five dollars, but. Well wow, man, I just feel I feel like this. I don't know about y'all, but I, I feel like a lot of you when the Saints lose, y'all just basically pinpoint the, the usual suspects that are responsible in in more ways than not for the Saints, maybe missing coverage or missing a block. And these guys have absolutely very little to do with them losing a the game. Now, PJ Williams did miss the tackle, but I will say this uh as a safety PJ Williams been playing his behind off. And there was a time where if you go back into the archives, I was on board with you. You know, he don't need to be on his team. He must know where, where the bodies are buried. He must got some incriminating pitches on Sean Payton. I've said that on several occasions, but PJ Williams as a safety, I will take him on this team. Right. And I'm not going to just knock him because the saints are losing. Right. I just feel like when the saints lose, it's the same suspects. Pete, Ruiz, P.J. Williams. Like, it's the same old people. Like, yeah, he missed the tackle, but for the most part, P.J. Williams has been playing pretty well. It's not like he's just been playing terrible over over the last couple of years. He's probably played some of his best football. I mean, we we talk about him now, but where was that energy at when he had that pick six against Tampa, right? P.J., P.J., that's my guy, P.J. Like, we got to be careful, man. Like, I'm not going to sit up here and just say, that P.J. Williams is slow at at safety, right? I mean, the play last time, you know, against Tampa, when Perriman actually caught that touchdown, I mean, P.J. Williams was playing on the outside. I mean, we all can agree that P.J. Williams is not an outside corner. And Tom Brady knew that too. I mean, that's why he was able to exploit that matchup. So I'm not going to knock P.J. Williams because for the last couple of years, he's made more plays than he actually missed. And he's been one of the most sure tacklers in that secondary. So I'm not going to knock him for one, you know what I'm saying, one plate that I've seen this season. Dude been playing pretty good in the Saints uniform. So I just think that sometimes we ain't even like looking at the guys. It's just the usual suspect that we just like to pinpoint and look at and be like, hey, that guy sucks, right? That's the reason why we lose him because of this guy. And then when you look at the game, it's like this dude is like way down the line if I'm, I'm divvying up some blame. Uh, the team was begging Mickey and Sean Payton to draft Lamar. I'll never forget that. I remember exactly, excuse me. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. I remember I was in Planet Fitness and the Saints were on the clock. And they end up moving up. And I was like, man, they about to get Lamar Jackson. They about to get Lamar Jackson. I can't believe this. I stopped my reps and everything, just looking at the screen. Then all of a sudden I see them draft Marcus Davenport. And I'm like, man. I'm, I'm scratching my head. I'm, like, trying to figure this thing out. But, hey, man, you you, you win some, you lose some. Play calling is the issue. Y'all don't uh, find it funny that we start moving the ball more when we go no huddle and up tempo. Uh, Look, but you can't do that all game long. You know, like, this ain't Chip Kelly offense. You know, you can't, you can't play tempo all game. Like, you can't run that. Like, you, you can play tempo in certain situations, but you can't do that. All all game long. Like, you know, I mean, so yeah. You're moving with tempo, but why are you moving with tempo? You move with tempo uh because you're probably down by like two touchdowns and you need to get into the end zone pretty quick. Joseph, thank you very much for the $10 that Jameis is hurting, and is affecting his play. We had guys open and Jameis missed the throws. AK was open on a fade route and he overshot him, uh put pocket, I mean, put rocket in. Until he's healthy, keep faith, and love your show. Thank you, Joseph. I appreciate that. Yeah, that, that wheel route that he, he missed on uh, Alvin Kamara, which uh, <laughs> Alvin Kamara wanted no part of that at all. You know, I, he didn't even try to, like, you know, be like, man, I'm going to try to, you know, do my best to try to catch this. He was like, man, bump this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there were was, was times where, you know, guys were open. It, like, even that, that 50-50 ball that, that Callaway uh through. I mean caught. You know what I'm saying? That one hand snag. Like Chris Olave was wide open. You know what I'm saying? Like if he would have like just been a little patient, he could have drove that ball into Chris Olave and he would have caught that on that, you know, on that on that drag route that he ran. So I don't know, man. You got to see the field a little bit better than what you've been seeing it. And uh we like the Saints as of right now, they're they're I won't say they're in desperation mode because they're not, but you got to win this game. That'll be you know, that's four straight. Well, you got like five games. You know what I'm saying? You're playing NFC opponents. So, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta win this game. You gotta win this game versus Minnesota, and you gotta win this game versus Seattle. And that's not a gimme. That's not a gimme, because in spite it's you know, despite the fact that everybody just picking Seattle to be trash, they've been playing pretty hard. And ain't just they ain't just mailing it in. Tired of defending Jameis, he's been given more many opportunities. Who that TJ? Uh, Facts. I just think uh, they should have put Dalton in and let Jameis rest. I just think that he's hurting himself more than he's helping himself. Like people don't like people care if you're a warrior. Don't get me wrong. Like okay, I'm a warrior. I'm I'm out here. I'm, I'm going hard in the paint right you know what i'm saying you you get commended for that right you know people be like okay you know he's trying real hard he's out there doing this thing but guess what at the end of the day nobody cares nobody cares if you are hurt nobody cares if you know what i'm saying you out there with the warrior mentality if it doesn't generate wins period so yeah you know what i'm saying you you get you get some respect uh when you are you know out there battling but Mean come on, man. Like people want like you if you battling and you winning and you putting up some some points and you helping your team get better, then people gonna be like, you know what? Yeah, man, he's out there, he's a warrior. But you know, when you're losing, like people don't care how much of a warrior you are. Like they look at you as like, man, you standing in the team's way of prosperity. So uh Dennis Allen uh spoke a little bit about uh Jameis Winston and you know the injury and the decisions going forward. Check it out. Playing pro football. back stays how it is right now, or how much it? I guess what would it take to consider a quarterback change? Well, I think this. I think I think all the elements around him have to play better, um, and and uh, and so I, I think again, like everybody's looking for a place to uh, to go to look to place blame, but um, I, I think we got to play better as a football team. Uh, in all areas um and, and and not look to not look to individuals really. Well he's saying that it's a team effort, you know, the fact that they losing. I, I would agree with that. It is a team effort. guy jumping off sides, AK fumbling the football, right? Can't sustain drives, you know, can't can't convert on third now. I mean it is a group effort. But you also gotta be asking yourself You know, number one is what we're asking these guys to do. Can these guys do it? Right. Or maybe we need to, like, simplify what we're actually doing. So there are some things that you need to be asking yourself and maybe trying to find answers to. Because once again, um, the way that you're playing right now. It hurts me to say this. The way that you're playing right now. You're not gonna win. You're not gonna win some some games. Like you, you'll go streaking, but not not in the way that we want them to go streaking. I'm talking about losing streaks. And it will be sad that you have all this talent on this team, and you basically squandered a year of it by you know, you know, not making these tough decisions, not being able to like have these guys understand like man. We want you to be here, but man, you gotta you gotta step it up. All right. You can't just be the defender of, of this team, you know, day in, day out, and be like, okay, I got these guys back. Sometimes, you know, you gotta be able to tell these guys how it is. And that's that's one thing, you know, and Sean Payton in these press conferences, it would have been a lot different. Would have been a lot different. I don't understand why we are not utilizing Callaway more. Uh, where are the packages with him involved? Uh, Pete play calling is suspect. Uh, Maybe we uh, should give Carrot Top a shot until Winston gets healthy. Yeah, I just think that you'll probably see a more conservative approach when it comes to, like, Andy Dalton. I don't think you're going to – like, the thing about it is, I don't think you need to see the ball just going down the field, like on – you know what I'm saying, just on some, on some slinging that thing type thing. You know, I don't think you need to see that. I think if if the play is there, I just think that, you know, man, take what the defense gives you. You know, get these guys the ball, allow them to be able to make some plays. And, you know, maybe the conservative approach can be a little bit better because we know that it works. We know that it works because we've seen it with Drew Brees over the last couple of years before he retired. It was very conservative with the Saints. They were nickel and down the down the field, uh, they they went on long drives. You know, some of those drives turned into touchdowns. Some of those drives actually turned into field goals. But at the same time, you weren't like constantly playing behind the eight ball. So maybe a more conservative approach can be what this team is looking for instead of like just looking for the big play every single time. And especially if you're you're hurt to a point where you can't even uh you know make those big plays. So maybe you just need to kind of change it up. You know, until, you know, I don't know, until Jameis actually is back, and then you can, you know, kind of see where it's at. Because even though if they play Andy Dalton, we don't know if that's going to be the answer. We only would know if that's the answer if Andy Dalton goes out there and the Saints just go on this mad winning streak. If they do, then Jameis is not getting the job back. You know, like, that, he's not getting the job back. And I think, to me, that's probably in the back of his mind. I mean, he's seen the way that Andy Dalton was playing in, in, in the offseason. He's seen, like, how he was, you know, commanding the offense, doing a training camp and stuff like that. He saw that. And this is a competition. Like, this ain't like, you know, if you drew Brees or something, you see a backup, like, doing this thing. Like, you kind of know you kind of solidified. I mean, you're a starter, but it's not like, you know, you're the undisputed starter, and then nobody can't do nothing to change the coach's mind. TJ stop it. Breeze is the truth. What are you talking about? I ain't never said he wasn't the truth. Y'all hear what y'all want to hear. Don't you (laughs) y'all hear what y'all want to hear. Right. You know, y'all, y'all going like, even in a a way, even when you hear somebody talking and don't even even be considered as controversial, y'all still going to make it controversial. What in, what in any way did you, you take from that, that conversation or that, that that statement I made about Drew Brees, that I'm that I'm beating down Drew Brees. Why? Because I said that. Oh, okay, you said I'm being sarcastic. Okay, all right, I got you. I'm about to say, man, I'm about to have to get you, man. <laughs> but nah, seriously, uh, no, nah, there's nothing in my statement that that says I'm not on board with Drew. You know, I, I think that you know Drew at that particular time, the Saints just kind of put a team around him in order for him, you know what I'm saying, to be able to do some of the things that he does best and the defense was able to get him the ball back and for him to go out there and sustain drives. I think that's, you know, that's what you need from the New Orleans Saints right now. I I feel like this. Drew Brees had the same offense for 15 years, right? So the first couple of years, you weren't like installing like certain things. And then it, it reached a point where he knew that like the back of his hand i just think that in the first phase of of this new offense when you have a new quarterback what you need to do is you know be okay with kind of facilitating the ball nickel and dominant and stuff like that and then uh, all of a sudden like as you like as it develops over over the season as it starts to progress then all of a sudden like you can add like different things in there because you got the talent to do it but it's okay to you know be able to nickel and diamond down the field and it may not end up being a, a touchdown but it can end up being a field goal like you, you got to be able to like get that ball down the field and sustain drives you got to be able to help your defense out and not keep them on the field over and over and over again and have these guys by the time they got some gatorade in their system it's time for them to run back out there on the field Vito, thank you very much for the 499 Said james is scared to lose his job so he won't sit himself. He'd rather play himself out. Sadly, well, it's not. It's not sad. It's just a competitive, competitive thing, you know. Like nobody. I mean, I, I think about this. You know, if I can use this example, y'all ever seen the movie More Better Blues"? Y'all ever seen that? Um, Denzel Washington played this really good trumpet player, right? Played this really good trumpet player, uh, and you know, Wesley Snipes you know what i'm saying was like you know in a movie as well and he was like really good and then all of a sudden like some you know some time went by and uh, he went back to the jazz spot where he was at originally and he was trying to play the trumpet he couldn't do it you know what i'm saying he couldn't do it because he you know he had some some complications that that caused him not to be able to play the trumpet effectively but in a way like he wanted to play the trumpet so bad and then all of a sudden western snipes kind of Went up to him, you know what I'm saying, told him to put the trumpet down a little bit, like, man, it's okay, it's okay. When guys are known, you know what I'm saying, for being competitors, they they're known for being like, you know, playing a quarterback position and being a being that starter, it's hard for them to try to relinquish that. They're gonna try to do everything in their power to keep their position. And that's what you're seeing when it comes to Jameis Winston. You know, this guy wants the team to succeed, he wants to be the the guy that leads this team to victory, that leads them to, to the promised land. But you have to be real with yourself and say, hey, maybe it's just not my time right now. You know, like not that it is not possible, but I can do this, but I may need to sit down in order to heal myself up because this isn't me. This isn't who I am. This isn't what I want people to to see me as. Because he doesn't have that luxury. He, I keep saying this, he does not have that luxury to go out here and make mistakes. I know some people are like, hey, you know, like, it's only been a few games, but he does not have the luxury. He doesn't have a luxury like a Tua Tonga Valua. He doesn't have a luxury like a Josh Allen. He doesn't have a luxury like, you know, some of these other quarterbacks out here, like a Patrick Mahomes, who lose games. And people are like, okay, they'll get him next week. He doesn't have that luxury. You know, all of the bad things that he's done that leads up to this particular point are amplified. By every interception that he throws, every fumble that that falls on the ground, all that stuff is added up. And nobody cares. Like, seriously, no one cares that he's hurt. We can we can defend him all day. And I do, you know what I'm saying? I do my, my fair share of defending this uh, Jameis Winston. But the reality is nobody cares, and you're hurting yourself more so than you're actually helping yourself. If you if he was doing this and the Saints were winning, right? If he threw 350 yards and the Saints won, then you know, okay, w- what a warrior out there. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a good storyline, right? A, what a good warrior. Like he out there battling and he's still putting up these big yards. But when you're losing. And your team only has generated 14 points, you know what I'm saying, in in the first half of games through uh, three games. And then you average about 40 plus in the fourth quarter. So you've been playing like slow for the first three quarters. And then all of a sudden you wake up when it's garbage time. Like, teams are not going to give you no type of respect, no type of credit for that. And you're losing and you turn the ball over something that people have been saying for years. Like, you're a turnover machine. So, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, this this is bad stuff right here. The only way Jameis can salvage his, like, he can salvage this is he got to go out here. I'm talking about he had to go, like, six, seven straight games. The Saints have to win those games, and he can't throw any more than two interceptions in that, in that span. That's the only way that he can change this because everybody already feels that he's not good enough to be a starting quarterback in the league. And we can be well wishes, which some of us are, you know what I'm saying? And, and we can do, wish all we want to, and but it's up to him to change that narrative. And if he's not healthy, if he's not healthy, then he's hurting himself. And I'm looking at the human being, the person, right? Because in, despite the fact that if he doesn't end up being a starting quarterback, for to all the Saints, he has the talent and ability to be a quarterback in the league. And it will be a shame that, you're allowing your injuries uh to cause you to lose out on opportunities that can be there for you in the future i mean cuz at the end of the day i'm telling you man like when guys start putting forth the an effort and they they're doing their job and then the next thing you know like they're looking you know at who playing what and they're not doing their job and i'm out here busting my tail and you know so i'm going you know I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm saying I'm going from sideline to sidelines, and all of a sudden, like we try to count on you, and then you giving the ball right back, or you fumbling the football, like people gonna start like allowing the, the human side of them to be able to lash out. That's frustrating. Like that, that, that is absolutely positively frustrating. I mean, when you look at the total yards of the Carolina Panthers, like the yards that they put up offensively, most, most of the time generates. To a loss. No. Uh, I just feel like if Jameis uh don't get snaps with these guys and look real good next week, then I'm I'm rebuilding it after uh, straight tanking for all right. What are, you, what are you tanking for? I mean, you ain't got you ain't got a first round draft pick. So what are you what are you tanking for? Like so you're tanking, the more you tank, the better the pick is for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, so what are you tanking for? Like, what are you benefiting from that? The only re- the only way that you can actually save this particular uh, season, let's just say if it, it ends up being bad. Let's just say the Los Angeles Chargers end up not making a the postseason. They end up, like, being bad, terrible, right? If they end up being terrible and – the Chargers call up Mickey Loomis and be like, okay, man, we we interested in Sean Payton. And be like, okay, man, we want your first round draft pick. So if they are bad to a point where they're picking in the top five, that's the only thing that can actually save you and salvage. You can salvage uh this, you know, this season. But tanking as of right now, based on your your draft position, you ain't got a first round pick. You ain't got one. Or uh, take us to the playoffs. Uh Hit the like button. I agree. If you like the show, hit the like button. 393 people watching this as of right now. I appreciate that. Thank you all. Uh, Saints definitely need to draft a quarterback for next season. If a good one is not available in free agency, they can no longer afford to ignore that position. Yeah. Uh, You know, Jameis Winston was not the Saints' first choice going into the offseason. Deshaun Watson was. That's who they wanted. He it was too rich for their blood. Um, so you know, they decided to you know bring back Jameis Winston. They were if Deshaun Watson would have signed with the Saints, there would be no Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was not the Saints' first choice. He ended up being there in the end after the negotiations kind of uh kind of died down, you know, with, with Deshaun Watson, but they didn't want him and he wasn't their first choice. Um, so there had to be something about him that they felt like maybe. It would you know what I'm saying? Maybe the coaches that we have on our staff wouldn't have the patience or wouldn't be able to uh you know help him in a certain way. And maybe, you know, they they build up enough confidence to say, um, you know, <laughs> like maybe we can do this. Why are you so condescending? It seems like Saints fans with a different perspective, you don't like. Uh Uncle Freddie, um, how many times have you watched this show? Cause this is my first time actually seeing you in the chat. So how many times have you actually watched this show? That's my question for you. Okay. Because if you're just a Joe blow that just came out um, of the woods and just watching this show for the first time, then I mean, your comments are numb and void. So um, that, that's why I feel about it. And uh, if you don't like it, don't watch, you know, that's my that's my answer to you. If you don't like what I'm saying, don't watch. I'm not going to change the way I am because Uncle Freddie tells me, "Oh, that's that's I'm condescending." Um, I don't even know you dude. Like, you ain't you ain't with me here shooting in the gym when I first started this show. I'm pretty sure you probably haven't watched the majority of them because if you're having this conversation with me right now, I know for a fact that you don't watch this show. Anybody that knows. And watching the State of the Saints podcast, I will tell you that I value their opinion. We don't always agree, but I respect people's opinion, right? So Uncle Freddy, if that's, if that's your name, uh, then, well, you say you watch every week. I appreciate that, but maybe there's something wrong with your comprehension skills. I don't, I don't know, right? Because I don't feel like I'm condescending. I'm not going to agree with it, what everybody is saying. You know, so that that's the way I roll. There's no way in the world a person, and I'm not even trying to pat myself on the back with this. There is no person in the entire like, like can honestly say that I don't value people's opinion. Uh, the internet is a wild place, man. Uh, let me see if you don't like it, <laughs> still hit the like button. Look, I man, look, I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to tell people what they want to hear. You know, sometimes, you know, it might be that, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit up here and just be telling people what they wanna hear. I'm gonna tell you how I feel about a situation. Sometimes we may agree, sometimes we may not, but you know, I'm not gonna sit up here and just talk nice and, and, and see people talking nonsense, you know, and I know for a fact that, you know, I won't say no for a fact, uh, I feel um you know it's not the case Once led to my t uh through three weeks only tried to run ak between the tackles this is poor <laughs> utilization of the talent on the roster coaching needs to uh complement what we do best mm-hmm. tj you think if dennis allen fails, sean comes back uh with a raise next year um that's interesting that's a good question i i, I really don't know um I feel like this, if if Dennis Allen doesn't pan out, like let's just say they have a losing season, this would actually cause Sean Payton to have to be out of football for another year. Because the way that we feel about Sean Payton right now is going to change. Because we're all for like, okay, you know, Sean, get your mental health together. You know what I'm saying? Get your life together. Go do a little TV and stuff like that. Okay, good luck to you. Okay, Dennis Allen comes in. If Dennis Allen, you know, I'm saying, okay, he's our guy now. But if he doesn't pan out, and Sean Payton like comes back to coaching next year, and he goes somewhere else, when the Saints are like in peril, or they're, they're, you know, I'm saying they're coming off a losing season, and he doesn't come back, then it's gonna feel. Then I think that you're gonna have Saints fans that kind of turn on him because they're like, where were you when we needed you? Like, you don't want us. You didn't want us, right? Because you had a choice to come back and coach this team to help this team get better but you chose to go somewhere else to help another team get better, help another organization. So I just think that you got to be real careful. So if the Saints have a losing season, Sean Payton comes back and he coaches another team after the Saints probably had one of their worst seasons. Let's just say if they had one of their worst seasons probably, you know, ever, you know what I'm saying, The last, well, in the last 20 years or 16 years rather, um, and he comes back to coaching. Saints fans are on his head on a, on a platter. Seriously, they will want his head on a platter, uh, <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's all good now, you know, like everybody like watching him on TV and I'm throwing this thing. But if the Saints are in, in peril and he doesn't – and he comes back to coaching and it's not the Saints, a lot of people going to hate them. They're going to hate Sean Payton because they're going to feel like, well, you kind of seen this coming anyway, so you just kind of head for the hills. But also, you know – This is helping Sean Payton. This is helping Sean Payton. Let's not get it twisted. The Saints, the way that they're looking is helping Sean Payton because just like some of you, you're not paying attention to some of the the problems and the penalties and all that other stuff that happened during the last couple of years with the Saints You know, before they kind of figured it out towards the middle of the season. You're only focusing on the good times when Sean Payton was our head coach and we were in a good position to win. It's the same way with the national media. So by the Saints losing and not looking like the Saints of offensive efficiency and all that kind of stuff like that is making Sean Payton look like the greatest coach of all time. It's making him look like the one of the best coaches ever. And it's gonna make his stock go up. So it's like honestly, they're putting they're putting Sean Payton in a completely different tax bracket by the inept offense that they have right there. Because regardless of how the offense was looking last season, Sean Payton is the poster boy for, you know, offensive innovation. So for every loss, for every mistake the offense is making, for every interception that is thrown, for every fumble, all these things are helping Sean Payton's case to be one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid uh, in, in the entire uh, NFL, you know, coming into next year. That, that's, that's how I feel about it. Uh, as I went back to watch the tape, uh, we moved the ball uh, in Panthers territory pretty decent, but whether the sacks, these fumbles, and just not executing on uh, play calls is exhausting, D is elite. Yeah, like I said, if you can get yourself together offensively and the way that this defense is playing, I think that you should be fine. Uh, don't we get a first rounder if he does come back to another team? It depends on, like, what what Mickey Loomis can negotiate, which I'm pretty sure, like, we just assumed that it's going to be a first-round pick, which it should, based on Sean Payton's success and, um, you know, everything he's done. Of course, people are going to be willing to do everything that they can, especially if you're the Chargers, right? Because you have all the pieces in place. It's no real excuse uh, for the Chargers not being good. It's kind of similar to that of the Saints. I mean, you got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on your squad. I mean, you got Keenan Allen out there. You know, you got uh, Mike Williams out there, you know what I'm saying? You got some Austin Eckler, you know, he's pretty good. And you got Justin Herbert, who arguably is, you know, supposed to be the future of the NFL. So losing a first-round pick, if you're the Chargers to, to acquire Sean Payton, that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't really hurt you the way it probably would if, I don't know, if it was the Jets or something like that, you know, which the Jets could be one of those teams too. I can look at Sean Payton being a head coach of the Jets, you know, they probably going to have to change some things around. But I, I think that Sean Payton, we all know that Sean Payton loves a project. We, we love, we know he do. You know, he, that's why he'll bring in a Kevin White. You know, that's why he'll bring in, like, some of them guys that's at the bottom of the barrel that no other team can do somebody, do nothing with. And he wants to prove that that guy can be capable. I mean, he did it with the Saints. I wouldn't put it past him doing it with the Jets. TJ, that touchdown catch by Quez. Had was a bad throw by Jameis. You can argue, Quest throw the interception from the defense because that throw was in triple coverage. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I talked about like you had, you had um Chris Olave. I think he was coming like more, I guess it was a quick slant. I say it was a quick slant, coming on a quick slant. He had his person beat. And I said, man, he just threw that ball up there. And they playing, they playing park ball right now. This team needs a coming to jesus meeting but they just need to figure out who they are and you what you have right now is two sides of the ball that don't believe in one another i don't think the defense believes in the offense and uh yeah i think the offense they have no choice to believe in the defense and i don't think the offense believes in itself i i I don't you know so I, i don't i just think that the defense is going to get frustrated, and they got to be careful because if this defense start to get frustrated at the ineptitude of this offense, then you might find yourself with some, you know, some issues in the locker room. Do we get a first rounder if he does? Oh yeah, I already read that. Uh, Sean needs to take Pete with him though. <laughs> I apologize, everyone, but Tara, uh speech on uh, Who That Nation chat line podcast had me going. For those that missed it, <laughs> oh man, uh. I- now, I just think that, you know, you just got to step it up. Uh, Jameis showed major improvement over last week. Yeah, I mean, but that that's not saying much. I mean, both of them equal to an L. You know, so, yeah, progress. If you're talking about them 300 yards, but TJ, we need uh, a new play caller. I don't know if we need a new play caller, but I will add somebody else in there. Maybe somebody that can. It's almost like. Man, it's almost like, I want to say, what, Joe Brady? You know what I'm saying? Like, bringing him in. You know what I'm saying? The Buffalo, that kind of helped him out. I just think that they need somebody that can see things a little bit different. And, you know what I'm saying, that can work alongside Pete Carmichael. I don't know who his assistants are, but, I mean, this, this offense is just way, way too vanilla. In all seriousness, no matter the outcome of this season, I don't see Pete back at OC next year. Uh, he didn't even want to do this uh, year from what I understand. Yeah, um, they did have a chance. They say he wanted to stay on the coaching staff, but he didn't want to be the offensive coordinator. And I don't know if they looked at it like, okay, come on, Pete. Come on, Pete. Like, we, we need you right now. Or maybe they just felt like they didn't have an a offensive coordinator that they felt like they could count on uh, or, you know, be able to, like, be on the same page uh, as a Dennis Allen. I don't know. But if a guy if a guy doesn't want the job, maybe you should believe him. TJ, why uh why is Jameis having a hard time reading a D? What can be done to help him adjust? Uh and it's rather you have it or you don't. Like it's just that simple. Like you can call some audibles, and you know, I mean, if you know, if you know a guy is coming on a free blitz. Like that corner was doing like Jeremy Chin was doing you know what I'm saying like Jay-Z horn was doing like you gotta be able to call that thing out you know what I'm saying and maybe you know act for a slider or get the ball out your hand uh quicker you know if you know that it's coming but man yesterday it, it's like I don't know man a couple of players are like he was like a in headlights like he just didn't know what what the heck was going on and like I say I, I I love James but I mean I'm just gotta call I just gotta call it for what it is going back watching that game. It, it looked like teams had absolutely, this team had absolutely no respect for Jameis Winston when it came to him, like being able to dissect defenses at all. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's almost like, it's almost like they looked at that dude, like he was a moron. Like, man, let's do He ain't going to figure it out. I mean, they sending everybody and, you know, you got to be able to know where to go with the ball in certain situations. And for the last two weeks, Teams have not respect Jameis Winston's ability to be able to read uh the blitz. If if this was uh Drew Brees or some of these other quarterbacks, there's no way in the world they would have blitzed. Hell, I was I even I even would say if this was Andy Dalton, to be honest with you, if it was Andy Dalton, I don't think you would have, you know, saying you would have had them many hits on there because he probably would have got the ball out of his hand. You no, know, that just I don't know. You gotta be able to read that joint. There's no like. Some people, you know, talk about the blitz and all that kind of stuff with the offensive line calling out the calls. Yeah, but it, they have to call out the blitz. Like, you know, Eric McCoy got to be able to dissect that. But when a, a guy's coming on, like, you know what I'm saying, running free, like a corner, like on a corner blitz, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's up to the quarterback to actually call that out. Like to be able to make that adjustment, not the guys on the line. I don't know. I could be – I could be wrong, man. It's been a minute since, you know, I, I played any football. But uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I think that's up to the quarterback to do. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm tripping. Uh, uh, Sean Payton brought in Mike Moritz at training camp one season. Maybe they should consider bringing him in as a consultant. Yeah, I think they need some help. I think they need another set of eyes out there. That, that's what I feel like uh, they need. Uh, damn, not a moron. Like, seriously, like they they had no respect for this dude at all. None. Zip, zilch, zero. They had no respect at all for the way this dude was playing a quarterback position. Uh, but I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I ask that you uh, hit the like button if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast and all its content. Uh, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, we're also brought to you by manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints and you will save 20% off of your purchase. Have a good morning, noon, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always, all I gotta say is, who that.